When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you haven't already rated and reviewed the Single Tracks podcast in your podcast app, now's the time to do it. We're randomly selecting listener reviews to read on the show, and if we choose yours, you'll get a free Single Tracks hat in the mail. Hit pause right now, write a quick review, and then listen to future episodes to find out if you won yourself a hat. Happy trails. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks podcast. My name is Jeff, and today my guests are Scott Nightum and Vincent Salabai. So Scott is a longtime bike racer who has been inspired to start a NICA program for youth in Gallup, New Mexico. The city borders the Navajo Reservation, and Nightum hopes to create numerous opportunities for Native kids both in Gallup and on the reservation through cycling programs. Vincent is a father of two who lives on the reservation. He's the Dene Comp team head coach and board president of the Silver Stallion Bicycle and Coffee Works. Thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah, hey, thanks, Jeff. Thanks, thanks, Jeff. All right, so, Vincent, what first drew you into cycling? Well, as a kid, when I was younger, I used to ride bikes, like, all the time, and up until they break, and then from there, it's like, okay, what do I do with it? But other than that, I think there was a really a delayed time until I met the bicycle once more. And let's just say this, the bike industry has changed since then. And when I came across, I guess, some YouTube videos, and I, I got inspired through that. And then I was like, okay, working in the health field, decided to implement bike programs. And the first thing I had to do was research bicycles and get mm-hmm. some bicycles purchased. And of course, what do you do when you have bikes sitting there? You jump on it and ride <laughs> it. And that's what I started doing. And that's the beginning of this whole story. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. What about you, Scott? How did you first get into cycling? I I don't come from like a cycling family, but you know, me and my two older brothers, we had BMX bikes as kids and then, um, you know, went off, got, got, you know, played team sports through high school and stuff. And then, um, after college, um, got, um, really into, uh, trekking through the mountains in Colorado and then somewhere along the lines discovered the road bike through a friend down here in New Mexico and realized, wow, this is like just like the most efficient machine on the planet and you can go for hours and um, kind of used it as sort of a, a cross training for my, you know, my more, uh, my bigger mission, which was to get further into the mountains and stuff. And then in that process, and I think that's kind of, you know, speaks to uh, the heart of this this project is that, you know, just by accident fell in love with it. Um, just by the, you know, the accidental incredible, you know, effects it had or, you know, help assistance it provided in, in, in a a number of spectrum of life. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like it means a lot to you personally. Why did you feel though that you, wanted to share this with other people. I mean, how, what makes you think that, um, they could do the same thing for others? 
You know, I, I guess the simple answer is proof is in the pudding and it's, and it's just not my story. You know, it's, it's, that's the greatest thing about making the argument for the bike is that, um, you know, you got a million other examples to point at as far as, you know, um, what kind of positive impact it brings to people. And I, why the bike, I guess, uh, well, uh, it's a, it's a long story and how, how long we got, um, it, you know, it's like, uh, well, this, the, the, there's a few iterations of the silver stallion bicycle and coffee works nonprofit that we're now operating. Um, it, before that it was silver stallion coffee and bread. And before that it was the silver stallion saloon, um, which is, a a bar that, um, got closed down in 2006 here in Gallup for, um, abetting, alcoholism and basically you know it was a financial exploit on severe alcoholism which is kind of common around here so there's like these like kind of dramatic topics involved in all this which is like fighting addiction and 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 the silver stallion represents a lot of that um to this community to this region um it was known for uh it was a popular place you know and it got closed down and then in the process of having moved here after having raced my bike with BMC racing team for a few years and then working with them for, you know, I guess all in all over a a decade of time Mm -hmm. came here with my wife and kids. And, and well, I guess, you know, largely, I mean, beautiful landscape, incredible terrain, but just the absence of the industry. So, you know, first go was the coffee and bread entrepreneurial effort. And then that closed down and my, my novice attempt at being a, businessman, which was, you know, as, as much success as it was failure, but definitely equal part realizing that like, in order to keep this, this dream alive of, of this project for, you know, basically a community, you know, a a social enterprise of sorts through, through sales and service, you know, just to have a cool place to be excited to go to here in Gallup that, uh, I realized, well, shoot, if I'm going to be in business, that's like getting married again. And what am I committed to the rest of my life, you know? So I know I'm committed to the bike. And I, you know, I kind of went through um, a bit of a a rocky period with the bike as far as it being like as much like almost literally 100% of my life and then kind of like sliding off the table and then kind of trying to find an appropriate place for it in the landscape. And um and I guess bottom line is like, okay, am I going to, I want, I want the bike to be part of my life. I want the bike to be, you know, part of my kid's life. And, um, wow, look around me. There's, there's no access to the bicycle, um, in, in our, I mean, there's flash in the pan type efforts, but what, what, um, what is there substantially to, to kind of like offer what was, you know, given to me and, and I, you know, I give, you know, major props to Vincent and, a handful of people like him who have like um, made it work, figured out, um, overcome a lot of the uh, um, obstacles to get there. So I guess uh, that's, that's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, um, I'm a recovering bicycle addict, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Vincent, you know, you live on the reservation. So tell us about some of the challenges that are facing youth, um, on the reservation and also in the surrounding area of Gallup. I mean, any, any challenge, right? I mean, it sounds like, it sounds like 
uh, addiction and alcoholism uh, it was a challenge in Gallup. And Here, Here's a good uh, segue into this. Right now, Navajo Nation is like, I guess, per capita, the uh, highest rate of COVID virus positive uh, cases. Oh, so wow. with that gives you an idea that access to resources, access to um, you know health services or hospitals, mm-hmm. and then most importantly, the most important, I guess you could say, thing that would help the people is washing their hands and access to water. So it gives you an idea mm. that not only were these challenges when I was young or even earlier times, they're challenges that exist today. Yeah, now, wow. in comparison to that, the, if you bring up the other um, challenges in, rela- in relation to drug addiction, alcoholism, um, domestic violence, or even at this time, we're still dealing with uh, kidnapping and um, women being taken off their reservation and wow. go missing. So, in a sense, we have all the challenges that any other community has, but you, you, I guess you could say you have to heighten, heighten it or raise it a little bit, mm-hmm. raise that a little bit, and then you get an idea of what the challenges are here. Now, with that, like, how do you deal with these things? I mean, we, we have so many ways that we're trying to create an environment or a place and then also a vehicle for a coping strategy. And mm-hmm. with my life, living here on the reservation all my life, I found when I think back to my younger years and what kept me, I guess you could say, kept me motivated, kept me um, focused and gave me a a sense of, I guess you could say, a different perspective about how to be very um, vigilant in living on the reservation was the Mm -hmm. bicycle. It was Mm -hmm. the bike. And then when I go back to that, to this day, I still kind of look at my bicycle bicycle and, and think like, man. This, this thing right here is a great tool to combat in a lot of the things that are going on right now. And, I mean, it, it's a perspective that I think people can take appreciation to if they, you know, throw their leg over a bike and give it a try. So, in a sense, um, again, back to the challenges out here. They exist. And um, not only do did I uh, experience these once or twice in my life, at different stages, um, I think back and look back to my experience and understand that those same challenges, those same uh, life cycles, those same stages in life are happening at this time with kids out there, with uh, mm-hmm. uh, younger adults and adults too, and parents. So my thought is the bicycle at any time can intervene and and be a really helpful tool to any uh to to that i should say so kind of mm-hmm. that's my thought on it yeah well i mean is it tough to sort of convince people that hey the bike can do all of this stuff you know that that you know hey you're facing all these problems it's like here have a bike i mean is that is that something that people are receptive to or or do they kind of push back and say like no i, I don't have time to do that or like that you know that's a waste of money to buy a bike you know i've got all these other things i'm trying to deal with yeah, I, 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 I can see it that way. You're right. I think like uh, the challenge to that is is like, I guess, directly people see either they are going to invest their time 
because resources, like I was saying, are so limited out here. Yeah. To make a decision like that, like like Scott was saying, uh, making an additional marriage and and having something there uh, to be in your life consistently mm-hmm. is a big decision out here because yeah. it's like uh, we, there's so many other things that need your attention, your time, your your money, your your, uh, your energy to get things going throughout your day. So in order for you to bring on a, another responsibility of a, I guess, a, 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 a mobile, <laughs> a mobile machine that mm-hmm. will need maintenance that will get practically a flat tire every day because of the <laughs> bullheads that are out here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. And then also if I need a part, I need to have internet. I need to pay for internet. I have to pay for a computer or a phone and buy me all these new things just to get access to order online or either mm-hmm. that I got to make sure that I put that in my list of things to do when I do my once or twice a twice a month travel to a border town and make sure that my money is budgeted to receive all of those things. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, not just for me, but also my family times that by what three or four, uh, it is a big decision. So, my thought is uh, what myself and Scott have been trying to conjure up is how do we create access to the bike and the bike industry to the reservation, to kids, to families, to parents, to schools that we kind of uh, alleviate that challenge. And then mm-hmm. from that, what comes of it? Once we get that, um, get those people motivated, get the people motivated and gain new perspective hopefully there's some sort of uh i guess you say a sense of initiative and we inspire them to like take on that challenge yeah find a way and then be a part of this movement so that they create uh access themselves they create the knowledge and they create this um intellectual knowledge like uh scott will talk on a little bit it's just like understanding how you can overcome these challenges to be a part of, I guess you could say, to make the bike a part of your life. And when yeah. that happens, it, in a sense, what I kind of see visually or, you know, what I've experienced is it, it kind of like uh, it intervenes and it takes place of all of the other negative things in your life because you're going to have to make that like a, a prominent thing in your lifestyle. It's a big lifestyle change. And that's <laughs> one thing that's hard to do out here. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I really like how you uh, sort of set this up, Scott, you know, with the, the silver stallion and, and how that was, it was a bar and, you know, there was problems with addiction and um, in a way you're sort of, then you, you spoke to sort of your addiction to cycling. Um, you know, it's kind of trading one for another, but, but in this case, it's, it's something that's really positive, right? Something really positive to put your mind toward and your body toward and, and to really like embrace it. And, and it's going to have these effects on the rest of your life. Right. I mean, is that, is that something Scott that you were seeing uh, people in the community needed or um, were you able to see like how other kids, like perhaps your own kids responded to sort of having cycling be part of their lives? Oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Jeff, I think there's probably like, probably a dozen different avenues to answer that question. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's kind of like all of the above 
what you see in Gallup is I, 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 uh, shoot. Okay. I'm, I'm going to stop and do one of those timeouts and we'll start again. Um, I, you got, you just, you just got me, got me thinking. Yeah. Jeff, with this whole, this whole project with the silver stallion, um, uh, Vincent and I make the joke that, you know, we're going to make some t-shirts about, you know, what was the silver stallion saloon, but now it's come become a bike shop, coffee shop and make a t-shirt that says, Silver Stallion creating addicts since 2018, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. and and a play off that because um, another thing a friend told me one time, um, he's a a really cool artist out in Seattle. He just said he's like, you know, Scott, if if you don't have a vice, you're just kind of boring, and <laughs> and I I've always appreciated that. Like we need something, you know. I guess that's the thing is like who, who needs the bike, who needs more exercise, more time to think, you know, mm-hmm. wind in their hair and blood flow. We all do, you know? And I think, mm-hmm. um, I think that's the, I guess the, the, the powerful, um, I don't know, it's like a denominator of sorts of a, um, common denominator that the bike brings each of us to, um, that, that, we're all, we're all cry for help. We all need, you know, sense of improvement. So I guess I just kind of want to throw everyone in the same boat on that. Um, and, and I guess why the, why the bike, um, you know, and that, that's, um, for all those good reasons, um, along with, um, I mean, Vincent and I, I think our relationship is, is an example of that. And so many others, um, that like through the bike, and I think the connection, like here we are speaking with you today, Jeff, you know, why? Well, because of the bike, right? And I think that the connection that can be made through the bike or, or the commonality that we find transcends our differences. And, um, and in that sense, I, I, don't, I don't really know of, of um, an, another example of something like that. You know, I mean, I, runners, they love to run, but you know, it's kind of, it's, it's way simple, right? I mean, cyclists, you got these like cool gadgets to play with and things to look at and, you know, and it's, and it's way more efficient, you know, so it like gets you further. I, I mean, there's just, there's, um, there's a a lot of reasons that I think, um, I've, um, I, I say unapologetically that I, um, I have a bias for the bike and, and that's for a very personal reason, right? But the more um been sitting on this, I'm, I'm basically been sitting in a think tank about this project for the last, um, working on three years now, I guess. I mean, we've been trying to get things going for well over that as far as programming. But now with this nonprofit, um, the bike has kind of continued to reveal and produce itself as as um, something that 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 is perfect for for i guess our 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 context um in the sense that you know you know kind of what you're asking vincent earlier like what are the obstacles well the obstacles are first let's just talk geographic obstacles you know like um vincent mentioned like for people to get to a bike shop oftentimes it takes a two to three hour drive to get there which is you know well over a half gas tank and and then and then, um, you know, um, I'll just cut to the chase. I mean, there's all this sort of like, you know, industry obstacles, but, 
but there's also an unspoken thing about um i i always say about in this region like if you know and and what made you th- made me think of it when you kind of said something earlier jeff is that like you know asking like how do you convince people of the bike you know what like do they even know what they're looking at when they see a bike when you hand them a bike you know like do they know what vincent's talking about what i'm talking about what all these people with this like sort of inside experience are talking about and the the opposite direction of that is 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 um you or i jeff um you know n- being non-native i'm uh, and and coming to the reservation and and trying to understand what exactly even are are we looking at you know what 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 does it what does it mean to grow up um on the res what it what does it mean to be um you know part of navajo nation sovereign nation but also part of the us you know and and i feel like um you know, my wife and I have been here with our family for eight years and, you know, just not until recently do I even, um, I guess, understand or really see the barriers that exist between um, life on the res and off. And and so, you know, kind of um, in, in, a, in, a, in an attempt to not bring in some sort of, again, sort of missionary effort of like... Um, this Western bias and perspective. Scott, I think uh, yeah. if you, I think Go what you're trying to uh, allude to is the bike, like you were saying, it transcends differences. So with that, uh, the bike is kind of like in a way connecting the two and, and allowing a conversation to happen. Mm-hmm. And that conversation can span to community efforts it can span to individual challenges. Um, in a sense, it brings really it, it, it brings harmony um, to those that are a part of it, and excitement, and joy. And then from that, a, a new community is built, or a new community is formulated. Mm-hmm. And it's really great because all this positive energy is directed towards where they where all these participants come from. And, and like Scott was alluding to earlier, it's like it creates this movement. And I think that's a really good conversation that Scott and I have a lot of times is that get in Silver Stallion um, in, a, in a fashion or programming it in a fashion to where we can show up and have bicycles ready. We have a program ready. We have locations that are identified. We have communities that are a part of this effort and are, you know, and can con- and continue the programs or continue the biking programs and then getting schools involved to where they have uh, vocational classes to uh, educate in bicycle mechanics. And then from there, we have this great terrain out here, um, this landscape that the Navajo people already have this connection to. Mm-hmm. And then from that, uh, they create this, I guess you could say, this expression for themselves on a bicycle. In a sense, the bicycle became, becomes a paintbrush for them. So they can mm-hmm. express their own, in their own way, in their own fashion, where they come from, on terrain that they've been familiar with all their life, and then create new perspe- perspective for themselves. Mm-hmm. And then from that, hopefully generate, in a sense, uh, a new livelihood in yeah. uh, per se so that's kind of like how scott and i kind of uh 
have an understanding that this bike trans it transcends our differences it mm. transcends lifestyles and then from that it just cuts down to the bottom line of saying a creative experience and it just heightens your experience Wh- wherever you are growing up i mean like it's it's just great that how the bicycle can do that for an individual and then from that a community yeah vincent are you seeing that on your team on the dene comp team i mean i imagine there there are all kinds of kids on the team and and what are you seeing in terms of like how they're interacting like are these kids that normally would know each other outside of the team or would they like hang out if the team didn't exist right that's a great point no yeah, none of these kids kids would have probably met each other. I would say there's probably two or three kids that know each other within the same school because they're probably like in the same grade. But other than that, all the other kids had different uh, different living locations, different communities that they represent, mm-hmm. uh, different age groups, and that's what's really good about this. It, the, the that diversity actually develops in a sense of family because mm-hmm. the older kids become old their brothers and then the younger kids become younger brothers vice versa sisters and it's really good to see this because um it allows them to create uh, a, a good uh relationship with not only them but the coaches and then the team they mm-hmm. become part of this effort and they understand it very quickly that they are i guess you could say representing their community and then from right, that, right. when they are when they're together as a team, they represent the nation, and it's in a, it gives them a little bit of um, it gives them it gives it gives them motivation to actually, uh, I guess you could say, speak their mind, mm-hmm. give, speak what they understand, what they're doing, and then at, they come out of it at the very end, and they're they're they have gratuity, they're they're thankful for that experience. And then the parents, too, they come back and they let us know that, you know, what they've been a part of is is a big thing in their life. And that's that's something that we always kind of take in and understand that we know that it's a great opportunity to intervene at a a great time uh, for these kids and for them to gain perspective of what's going on around them. And then also take that back so they can renew what they can do for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned the parents too. I, I was going to ask, do, do the parents sort of get involved as well? I mean, are they like attending the races and getting to know other parents and things or, or are you even seeing parents who are like that, that kind of looks like fun. I'm, I might try that myself. <laughs> right. Yes. The parents show up to the races. It's really good. And, you know, everyone asks about the bike, but you know, I mean, it's like, there's also the peripheral aspect of the, the community, you know, of um, the, the sense of being part of something. I think that has, I guess, kind of the, the in a sense, the largest gross impact. Um, the, the where, where uh, as I said um, earlier, you know, um, going between different versions of the Silver Stallion, I've been working over the years with a group um, from um, Rwanda Cycling and um, you know, I saw what they've done in their past with um, with uh, getting bicycling started in, in you know, um, post-genocide Rwanda. And I think that, um, you know, that, that, that certainly had a profound impact. That was right after I was done racing. I was kind of like, um, you know, sitting out a contract um, 
uh, or sitting out the last year of my contract um, because of head injury. So it was kind of like this, you know, um, solstice as far as like um, where where the bike's supposed to be in life. Anyway, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But I saw like from any not nothing. I mean, the bike, the people were on bikes. Bikes. There's probably more bikes in Rwanda than just about anywhere aside from Amsterdam or India. Maybe I don't know. But you know, they're using them for transport. They're using them for livelihood. You know, like daily tasks. The you know. Um, but then the the ability that um, not only the bike gave each individual through the programming in Africa, but also the the impact it had on the surrounding community who would see this like little small peloton of riders flow through their town, the kids who would, you know, jump up and run to the side of the road and cheer them on. I mean, um, anyway, after, um, as we started approaching this project, we came across this, um, this grant by the, um, Robert Wood Johnson foundation. Or is that right? Um, um, and it was about addressing social isolation within the U.S. using an international model. So that's when I contacted uh, Team Rwanda, or which is now Team Africa Rising, um, and just said, "Hey, what you guys done with the with the bike? What if we tried to, you know, do this across the reservation? You know, how would that look? How could we do that? In in a sense, to um, you know, address this issue of social isolation. And that you know, that term social isolation really wasn't in my vocabulary." you know, um, before and, and kind of like, well, what, what exactly is that? And, and then in that kind of like, I guess, investigation of like, what is the living circumstance on the reservation? I think we started pulling back, you know, the curtain on, on a lot of these very concerning aspects to reservation life. One of which is isolation. You know, these kids, and you know when Vincent's talking about these these teammates i mean they're they're separated by hours i mean the Navajo nation is um as big as the state of West Virginia it's bigger than ten of the u s states um it's as big as all New England states put together, and there's like twelve like semi legitimate grocery stores and and there's not one single bike shop. And, and, you know, just some of these things are just sort of alarming, you know, um, over 30% of people don't have running water and, you know, I, anyway, and then, so, so, uh, the, basically the bike, what I think it awards these young lives living in beautiful landscape, but in this isolation, you know, sometimes miles away from people or, um, down a dirt, you know, clay muddy road that if it rains or snows you might be trapped you know off access to any pavement for days at a time you know i mean a lot of families wait or they only travel away from home in the winter you know either um like early morning because that's when the ground is frozen and they can actually get out so anyway the difference between being you know you put a a bike between a kid's legs um out in that sort of landscape and you know isolation turns into sort of a positive solitude and and then you know being part of the bike industry kind of taps you into being part of like this this nationwide industry and being this international industry and being part of something and having places to go you know events or rides or locations to dream about i think this whole this whole thing like i was kind of talking about 
you know, looking into this issue of social isolation and then looking at all these different sorts of, um, you know, concerning aspects of, of reservation life that I think, you know, I keep saying to people like, hey, actually, you know, if you want to learn American history 101, I think the first thing each one of us should have done instead of going to college is go live on the reservation for a year or two. And, um, and I, I keep saying like in Gallup, um, it's like, uh, the, re- the receipt for this country is still on the table. Um, and, and on the reservation, obviously. And bottom line is, um, the reservation system's failing. And, and it almost feels like there's some mastermind in some sort of mechanism over in Washington, DC that like <laughs> wants it to, you know, so that, hmm. You know, people throw up their hands and, and, and be like, ah, yeah, okay, we'll just like assimilate and be part of this like Western United States culture. And, you know, and, um, and the ironic thing is oftentimes, um, even though we're Gallup is a border town, Flagstaff, Arizona is on the other kitty corner on the north, southwest. And then there's mm-hmm. Page, Arizona, way up in the northwest. And then, and then Farmington, which is like in New Mexico, you know, the northeast. And there's actually more of a, anyway, there's like more of a, eh, it's a kind of off topic, but there's more hospitality, hospitality in big urban settings for uh i think re- communities coming off the reservation than there is say in border towns and mm. and i think that's because there's like i said there's a receipt on the table and everyone's looking at it and no one wants to pick it up and pay you know and <laughs> yeah so that means there's this sort of avoiding the topics there's avoiding um um you know um coming to terms or and i so that being said right these kids coming off the res, they have an incredible amount to navigate within that dysfunctional group of adults. They're, they're, they're watching interact, you know, amongst on and off the res. And, 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 you know, someone, when we first moved here said, um, you know, a kid could make a jump from the res to Gallup to San Francisco, but a kid's not really going to make a jump from the res to San Francisco. So right. that's where I feel like Gallup, holds a um a prom a very pivotal important place in this whole process and and gallup it's on i-40 you know halfway between albuquerque and flagstaff everybody knows of it people coming from durango heading to phoenix it's your your sort of mandatory stop in gallup because you got to fill up a gas tank because there's not going to be another one for another two and a half hours and um and um but it Gallup would just be a sleepy highway exit with a gas station, maybe if it wasn't for the res. So it's it's more the reservation than it's anything else. It's a lot of different things, but um, but it but it is the res. So um, before you started, you said off the record. So do you not want to include what I'm what I'm trying to say is is there's like um, it's it's Vincent, you know. Um, it's why it's so it was very important for me to have him on this call because he can help you and I people like coming off the res um have insight as to what it's it's really like to for a young life to navigate um yeah. off yeah. the res and and you know um 
and that's something that you know you and you and I with our viewfinders we just don't see you know we don't quite even understand what to look like and i and i and i think this opens up into the broader discussion with with working with outride you know working with programming like nika um that like i think even the viewfinders for the industry they don't even understand the obstacles that exist for people like Vincent or or young mm-hmm. kids on the res like yeah. yeah you start up a team here's a pdf you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, right. we don't have yeah. a, we don't have a bike shop. We don't have the intellectual capital. We don't have the social capital. We don't have the material capital. So, um, you know, and, um, I think, you know, a great opportunity right now, especially in this, you know, time with George Floyd and these, these, um, protests and this dialogue that everybody's now more perhaps than ever available to is that, um, you know, companies and programs within the industry need to come, you know, um, come to the table with, you know, everything about diversity, equity, and inclusivity in, in a, in a yeah. practical, pragmatic way, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and as we, as we are kind of, you know, your, your questions with Vincent, like, how does this happen on a grassroots level? Yes, it's like, it's totally a grassroots effort. But this also needs the heavy lifting of the industry to help it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this can't be a climb the whole time for people on the res. It, it, there needs to be some things that roll downhill. And um, uh, as, you know, as a privileged white American myself, pretty much my whole life, things rolled downhill at me, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we, should, we should mention Vincent's call dropped off uh, because yeah, it doesn't have a good uh, – internet connection where he is. And, you know, I'm sure that's sounds like that's part of daily life there. Uh, just another one of the challenges. I think it's, you know, I'd like to go back to sort of how we started this conversation. You know, um, a lot of people who maybe aren't familiar with, with sort of, for lack of a better term, marginalized groups like Native Americans, like, um, like a lot of different communities in America, um, you know, they might see these outreach efforts, you know, through the Outride Foundation, which is is funded mostly through Specialized, uh, the bike company. A lot of people may see this as just like, oh, they're, you know, they're just trying to like expand their customer base. You know, like this is just, this is just a, why do we need more bikers? You know, is that just to like make more money and, you know, just be a bigger company? But I think we touched on this at the beginning. I mean, bikes and cycling really have this power to like help people and to empower people and to, you know, really add something to their lives. That's not just about like, Oh, sweet. You know, the number of people mountain biking went up 3% last year. Like let's pat ourselves on the back. Like, you know, I'm starting to realize after talking to people like you and Vincent and others that, that there really is something magical about the bikes and, and, you know, a lot of these efforts are not about making money. It's not, it's not about like specialized trying to get a, a hand, a foothold into the reservation because they want to, you know, open a bike shop and sell hundreds of bikes. Like, you know, I'm sure to them, this is, they're like, we're never going to make money on this. Like this is, this is something we're doing because we believe in bikes and we believe in the power to help people and, and to better their lives. I mean, is that, is that kind of your perspective as well? 
Yeah, it, I think that uh, you know the the challenge in in all of it is that it, it's put within this you know capitalist market of business, you know, and and the numbers always gotta you know you know add up or or um, you know you need to stay in the stay in the black on things. But I don't doubt um, Mike Sinyard's, um interest and um, 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 effort in this project. Um, I think that, uh, you know, what, what he's overcoming in a lot of ways is, um, you know, or at the start was, um, um, the lack of, the lack of, uh, sophisticated dialogue as to what really is this experience we're having on the bike and what does it really mean to us. And I think it goes hand in hand with something I, I, um, I personally, feel and believe and kind of convicted by is that like, um, you know, to some, to much of a degree, the, the industry leaves us shorthanded with, um, uh, within, uh, it leaves us, it leaves us shorthanded as far as like, um, again, that sophisticated or like, um, um, broad perspective as to like, what's the real, what's the, what's important about this. I'm that, um, you know, the industry, like after, finished racing and, and working within performance at BMC, I, I, I started coaching with the BMC development team. And, you know, this was kind of like a, a group of kids that were sort of like handpicked, um, you know, to be part of this farm team for, for BMC and, and, you know, riders like Sylvain Dillier and, uh, Stefan Kuhn and Pavel Sivakov, um, these riders who are on the top level of the pro tour right now. And it's funny, like working with those kids, like, um, kids, I call them, you know, they're, they're young adults, young men. Um, it was like, if they didn't get a job with quick step team sky or BMC, they considered themselves a failure and their tenure with the team was a disappointment. And it was just kind of like, how the heck is this possible that you're, you're, you're traveling the world, you're, you're you're riding your bike for hours on end every day. You're seeing, you're, you're meeting all these different people. How is this, how is this like, um, how are you, how are you, how is this a disappointment or how is this, um, you know, let down? And, and so I started asking those, those riders at the beginning of the year, um, one camp said, okay, everyone go sit by yourself for a sec and write down three reasons why you're, you getting on the bike every day is worth it to you despite your results on at the races like exclusive of that why is this worth it to you so you know that way if you know there's and i always say you know in in road racing especially i mean it's like it's like 87 percent disappointment you know um if you don't win you lose and um and but within that experience you know there's a there's a an array of accomplishment but 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 there's not a, a platform for those things. There's not um, you know um, a, a real statement to be made that that's going to be really acknowledged or praised. You know, and it's like it's like your private results. You know, um, like that happen along the way all the time. I mean, you might not have finished the race on the podium, but you had like three flat tires. You chased on twice, and you know. You, 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 whatever the case is, your brake was rubbing and you still finished sixth or something. I mean, that some of those, those are extraordinary. And, um, anyhow, like, I think that what, you know, um, um, I think that, 
what what outride is doing is is simply downright the 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 appropriate thing to do um you know it's like if there are these systemic injustices in our society in a sense there needs to be a systemic approach towards um you know erasing equalizing or you know abolishing some of those and and that's what it seems to me these these heavy lifts like by outride by getting bikes at schools between kids legs getting a common speaking language um getting a common experience lear- learning skills and safety so that you know everyone has the same understanding of what the bike means and what to do what not to do and and then from there you know programs like Nike can take off and go somewhere yeah well one final thing i want to ask you about is trail access uh, within the context of of what you're doing and, and within your local area, is trail access an issue for uh, people on the reservation? Like, are there mountain bike trails already? And if not, are there efforts to have those built and, and make it easier for people to get to them? Um, there has been, you know, um, an ongoing effort to get trail development going across the reservation. Um, are there trails? Um, there's few. There's um, this organization, Navajo Yes, Youth Empowerment Services for Diné Bikea, uh, Navajo Land, um, that has put together a trails task force um, um, group and, and has been working with IMBA um, and um, different groups, trail advocacy groups like that with Arizona Trails. And But the thing is, is that... Um, um, you know, there, and, and there are a lot of like natural trails. There's a lot of, you know, ancient, you know, um, cheap paths. And there's these old little wagon roads that go up the mountainside or up, up, up the side of a mesa. Um, and, and you'll see that like with Vincent and his crew. I mean, a lot of the, you know, Vincent's, Vincent's thing is like, Hey, the bike, it's a horse. It's my, it's my horse. It takes me places, you know? And there's kind of like this sort of, it's sort of like, um, you know, more, more, not, not quite like enduro da- de- downhill, but, but more like, um, slash between BMX trials and, and enduro and downhill. I mean, kind of like, you know, um, seeing a line and working your way through it and learn, you know, the, the technique and ability to get through, um, and, 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 and also just in, embrace and see and go on the landscape. It's not about, um, you know, racing, racing down, uh, you know, everyone's timing themselves, but there, there, there has been trail efforts, but, um, the one thing is, is that there, there's not any programming. There's not any events. Uh, well, there's not, not any events, but like, it's just, it's minus the industry. You know, there's not a shop down the road near the trailhead. So, um, there's, there's, there's some, there's some effort for that. And, uh, I think it's, again, it's, it's a heavy lifting that like, um, that the industry needs to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there certainly are a lot of pieces involved and yeah. I mean, I think that's also, it sounds like part of the opportunity, you know, based on what Vincent uh, was saying has been his experience in terms of, you know, the bike, it really gives riders a lot to focus on. I mean, there's the physical aspect, there's the, you know, the mental aspects of it. There's learning to repair a bike. There's confidence. I mean, it's like you get all of that and, and there are so many pieces and and we all need help in all of those areas too. I mean, nobody can't race by yourself and you can't, 
you know, learn how to work on a bike by yourself, um, very easily. And so, yeah, I think, I think that's an interesting point is that you, you need all those pieces in the community to sort of make it happen and to make it a success. Yeah. And I, I think we need to do a better job of, of, of recognizing all those that exist for many of us and, and the absence of those for others. Um, you know, and, and I think that's well put, um, you know, I, not only do we need each other to do this, but there's also the aspect that like, you know, um, you know, nobody can pedal your bike for you. You know, you got, you got to do it yourself. And it's, it's certainly easier to do alongside someone else who's doing the same thing, you know? And, um, and like you said about the whole aspect of, 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 I mean, it's, it's default meditation. you you get focused, you get skilled and, 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 um, you, you, you always end up a little bit of a better human after a ride. You know, we can all kind of, I'm sure account for that and at least get back on track. And, 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 you know, we can help each other. Everyone's got to slay their own dragons. I can't slay your dragons for you. You can't slay mine, but we can help each other do it alongside each other. And, 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 um, yeah, someone came up with a, I heard this term called, you know, um, um, learned optimism, you know, and it's not so much that like we can do everything, you know, it's not, it's, but it's like, your bike breaks down. You've, you've learned a few things on how to work on it. And, um, and then, uh, you know, it, it might be broken and I, I, I don't know if I can fix it, but at least I, I know I can try, you know, and, um, yeah. that's, that's kind of all the difference. Um, well, what is your vision for your organization and, and for mountain biking in the Gallup area and, and on the reservation uh, in the next five to 10 years? I, I, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's at least as amount, amount of time that it's going to take to get close to, to anything. I, 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 this, we're, we're in this for, for the long game. And I, I think, um, uh, the vision is to essentially bring the industry to the reservation and, and make it an opportunity. You know, it's, it's something that, that every, every, every kid should have a decision about. Um, and so the hope is to, um, the vision is to work with what's going to stick around. And in this region, that's schools and hospitals and, and using vetted, you know, um, proven models like, like NICA. Um, we're working with a organization called cycle kids, uh, we're speaking with an uh, organization called Project Bike Tech and um, working with, you know, different foundations who have already supported um, bicycling in the past, believe in it as a, as a, a good way moving forward, that, that, that uh, you know, much of what gets put into place is um, turnkey and, and has succession. And isn't just resting on the shoulders of, of one or two persons passion, you know, like, um, which is kind of the legacy in the region that, that, you know, someone like myself comes, it's like, Oh, we should start a bike team. And, you know, they start a bike team, but then, you know, their wife gets a new job somewhere else and they move away and everything falls through the floor. So, you know, it's, 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 um, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a hope to, to just bring, bring access. And, and so the, you know, I think that works in phases. Um, 
I think the the Navajo Nation is actually in a in a great spot to move forward within the outdoor rec industry. I mean, you look at things that like happened with Moab, Utah, where uranium mining was what brought people there and and then the mining went away, you know. And then and then what 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 did they do? They started building trails and and inviting people down, you know, or or making it hospitable. And um, same thing, you know, we looked at the Sierra Buttes Trail Alliance, you know, over in Downeyville, you know, Downeyville right. communities in Northern Sierra, same thing, you know, all these extractive mining companies, logging, timber, all went defunct. And then these communities are kind of like, well, what are we going to do? And, you know, Sierra Buttes is like, well, we're going to connect these, tr- connect these communities with trail and then have these trails ride right down into downtown, you know, and help create, help sustain and build business and industry. And, um, and and so recently, um, the Navajo Generating Station is um, pulled out of uh, the Navajo Nation. So the whole aspect of, um, I don't know, you might have heard of like the Hopi-Navajo land dispute, you know, and that was basically, you know, in the 70s and a time where like extractive mining um, came and basically displaced people so that they could have access to um, the coal mines, of which tapped the aquifer to slurry the coal from the Navajo Nation, you know, 350 miles to Phoenix sort of thing, or, or slurry it to the railroad to get it to L.A., you know. So what I'm trying to say is the extractive mining is, is, is pulling, pulling away from the res. And, and, and you know, like the, we've, we've been, we spoke with the Navajo Nation um, director of the Division of Economics um, who's like, hey, what's what what's up with this what's up with trails what's up with bikes um what what can we do what what can we make happen and i i think um you know if anybody you know drives through the navajo nation and many people do to cut from like durango or moab to sedona on a road trip they're looking up at these sandstone bluffs and this incredible landscape and being like oh can we ride that what you know how do we make that happen? And and um and there's some there's some figures involved in all this. Um, there's some people who could make things happen, but so much of it is caught up in sort of a bureaucratic red tape, where you know this sort of like cut and paste government that Washington D set D set up as you know the Navajo tribal government. You know, in order to put a trail on the reservation, you have to go through the same length as if you were putting in a water pop pipeline or something like that. You know. And it's like, uh, we're just trying to scratch out a three foot wide little, you know, ribbon through the landscape here. We're not trying to, you know, and, and, and because there's not a category for trail building over in Window Rock at the Capitol, you know. Um, so it's like, it's not, this project's not for the faint hearted or, you know, um, for people who aren't committed. And, and then you, um, but I, you know, the potential's there. I keep saying, you know, especially in Gallup, you know, if you're a consumer, it sucks. If you're uh, a creator, sky's the limit, you know, and, and it's still the wild west out here. It's just people are wearing blue jeans and ball caps now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that uh, you've had the support of a number of foundations and specifically the Outride Foundation recently. Uh, Are there ways that individuals can support you as well? Um, there are. If you go to bicyclecoffee.org, um, we have a, a link that um, says um, support um, up on the bar. And, and 
that we are 501c3 tax deductible organization, um, you can help. Um, uh, there's also um, an Everyday Hero um, campaign that's um, set up for the Dene Comp NICA team. So if you look up Dene, D-I-N-E, Comp, C-O-M-P, team on the Everyday Hero website, you'll you'll see a link. And, and there's kind of a more of a, a description of um, a little bit more of the detail of like, you know, the challenges that are ahead in this project, but also, you know, the, the really incredible, uh, life-giving outcomes that, that it, it can and could provide for a lot of kids and families. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Scott. And, and also to Vincent, uh, for sharing your stories and, and for really, uh, bringing awareness, uh, if, if nothing else to sort of the, the challenges that are being faced uh, in Gallup and, and on the reservation. And, and also thank you to both of you for all that you're doing to, to try to address some of those things. Well, th- thank you, Jeff. Um, you know, I, I've, I've, we've tried to get traction going on in, you know, our sleepy small towns and kind of the census as you get back is that we, nothing can be done until there's a critical mass, you know, until you get more people on board and, um, and, you know, thanks for your help in, in this and, in, in helping, you know, sp- spread share the story and and hopefully we can if anything just get more people behind it so thanks very much all right well thanks again and if you'd like to learn more you can go to bicyclecoffee.org where you can find out more about the mission and also contribute that's all i've got this week we'll talk to you again next week Mm -hmm.